You're listening to the Dom's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, we did it. We got through season 2020. And I don't know about you, it felt like a marathon that I just wanted to end. Absolutely, mate. Very happy to see that season gone because, uh, yeah, we we were done from a long way out and it was just sort of drawing out. So very happy to see that season behind us. And uh, look, we can only hope for bigger and better things ahead. Yeah, and you look at our last 10 games, uh, one and a half wins, basically. One win, one draw, uh, sorry, yeah, one win, one draw, and eight losses. Uh, yeah, so it was very hard going. Um, I guess there was hard to find highlights. So obviously, the Hawthorne win in the second half, but that first half was hard to sit through. So, yeah, overall, it was a very tough season to sit through. Uh, a lot of injuries. Um, you know, the succession plan... I don't think that went to plan. Um, if that's what it was, um, yeah, I would have liked to have known. Um, you know, I could have bought some Panadol before we started the game. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, we just got to hope for better and things. And you know, I can't see us going any worse next year. Um, you know, depending on how many players are going to stick around, because all the talk at the moment is, I don't know if we'll have a side next year, mate, with all these players who opposably want to go out. Yeah, well, that's the thing when you say, I don't think it can get worse last year, worse than this year. Well, as we know, mate, generally Essendon says hold my beer and they uh, tend to one-up themselves and it's going to be very worrying signs ahead because I think, you know, as happy as we are to see that season behind us, um, you know, we're not out of the woods yet because there's a lot of water to go under the bridge before we get to trade period and uh, as you say, the... The rumblings around the club aren't positive, so yeah, it's going to be very interesting days and weeks ahead. Because yeah, I mean, big players like uh, you know Saad and Danaher haven't even decided what they're going to do, and uh, yeah, it's just going to be a very interesting time, mate. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, a lot of unrest apparently, uh, as Tim Watson said. So. Um... You know, we'll wait and see what the outcomes on those. But I guess, you know, today today's uh, podcast is going to be about, obviously, the Melbourne game review, which isn't fun to go through because, uh, you know, despite those five or six minutes where we played some really good football in that last term, um, it was a pretty tough game to sit through. And uh, probably the biggest thing that stood out to me was the, the ease of how Melbourne could move up the ground without us, you know, basically putting a finger on them. And, you know, that's been a concern all year, uh, how the opposition have been able to move forward without much pressure from the Bombers. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed with this uh, new game plan, as they say as they say it is. Um, and, you know, we're hearing, you know, part of the reason Adam Saad does want to reconsider either going forward with Essendon or not is because he was moved back to be that lockdown player um, in the back pocket, and he doesn't feel like he's been as um, attacking as from that half-back line. And, uh, you know, if that's what's going to appease Adam Saad, I, I suppose Essendon will need to find a real lockdown defender that they can rely on. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess this is one of the, the things we're hearing around the club. Uh, it's been a bit too much of the... Uh, you know, the tail wagging the dog. Um, players wanting to dictate terms, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it. 
Um, and, you know, we all love Saab. We know how much value he brings to the side and no one wants him to go because, yeah, he has been able to, you know, shut down, uh, you know, dangerous forwards, but also provide that uh, link-up play and get the ball going forward for us from the half-back. He's been absolutely instrumental in so many runs going forward. Uh, and we even saw some of that on the weekend. Um, so we really don't want to lose him. But, you know, we can't have players dictating, well, I'm not going to play for you unless you give me this role. Um, because unfortunately, um, you know, we had McKenna uh, sort of say, look, you know, time's time. I want to go back to Ireland. And, you know, I don't think anyone begrudges his decision to do that. Yes, it's disappointing as a fan because we love seeing him play. But, um, yeah, and, and that means that, yes, Sadi isn't able to be let off the leash as he has been previously because we don't really have anyone else who plays that role. I guess that's why we sort of tried playing Dev Smith in that sort of halfback role to get things going. But he's not uh, the same sort of explosive player as a Sard or a McKenna. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a difficult one, mate. Uh but yeah, I just wouldn't want to see the uh, yeah the the future of Essendon dictated to by the players because I'll, I'll to be quite honest with you, mate, I'm not sure that's that's where we're going to get improvement. Um, and just just on that, I mean, we're probably going to touch on it later, but just I want a reign of thought. Um, you know, we saw Dyson Heppel's comments during the week where you know he was asked about you know had he heard the criticism. Um, you know, from outside, even past legend of the club, and he sort of said, "Oh, yep, you know, I've, I hear about it." Um, and he sort of said, "Oh, look, you know, some people are just trying to stay stay relevant in the club, and um, you know, he's he's confident in what they're building and everything like that." I I found that really disrespectful because, um, you know, when blokes like Matty Lloyd and Tim Watson are speaking like these blokes have have earned their their right they um they are legends of the club and um to have dyson come out and say oh they're just trying to stay relevant uh i, I found that really disrespectful especially when you know let's look at it honestly what have we achieved under dyson heppel's reign um yeah, not much at all, you'd have to say. Yes, he's been injured for a lot, but, um, you know, until you've achieved <laughs> achieved greatness, really, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, a bit hard to have a have a crack at, you know, champions like Tim Watson and, and Matty Lloyd. Yeah, he's probably lucky he didn't actually name the players, um, you know, or the, the former players. Um, so he kind of left that a bit vague. Um, yeah. There's no doubt Hep loves the club. Um, obviously, he sees his role as a captain, and he, he wants to continue in that role. So uh, you saw that passion side of it. Um, I guess there's not much he can't really agree with them because you know what I mean. Like he can't turn around and goes, "Yeah, they've got great points, and um, yeah, that we should um, you know be doing what the former players say." So I guess it, it's in some ways he's um, you know trying to stand up and say you know the club's going in the right direction um you know don't have no faith in us um you know and probably wanting to back his coach now in Ben Rutten so um yeah I I think he's in a hard 
place. Um, but I, I agree with you. He he probably shouldn't have used that word. Uh, some people want to stay relevant because yeah, that that does sound disrespectful. Um, I think you know if everything else he said, that's fine. If that's his belief, that's great. But um, yeah, the probably being relevant part was probably a bridge too far. But um, yeah, you know, they they're done now. But ultimately, uh, those things aren't going to. Uh, help us go forward or back so um, you know at the moment we just need to get a, an idea on where we're headed I, I see today Carlton signed 10 of their players that are were uncontracted for next year um, and they've already earned the well the, he hasn't done it officially but Zach Williams has let rivals know that Carlton is his club of choice and he's set to go to Carlton on a five-year deal so um, he, they're paying probably overs for him. Uh, I've heard talk up to eight fifty to nine hundred thousand per season. Uh, I imagine there'll be a bit of uh, playing around with uh, if it's front loaded or or not. But either way, they've signed up pretty good get. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have been um, disappointed if Essendon had got Zach Williams. Um, you know, they're saying uh, Cartman, you know, privately saying they see him as a midfielder uh so he's going to be in the center with uh patrick cripps so yeah i think um you know when you see carlton uh be able to organize themselves like that um you know it's a bit worrying because i always thought you know we'd be on the front foot before carlton got themselves right and you know carlton's still got a long way to go don't, don't get me wrong but they certainly seem better positioned at the moment um as of today uh than us and you know i hate carlton so um <laughs> i really you know a little bit envious of of how they're setting up um you know i think for the club you know well i think we're still waiting for this uh you know the actual salary cap to be locked in before signing players and obviously it's not deterring other clubs to sign up players but for some reason uh it has us uh, I guess we're in a hard position because we don't know what Joe Danner is doing. Uh, he's had a, you know, basically 12 to 18 months to make this decision and still uh, wants to go away and think about it. So I, I don't know what to make of that. You know, Ben Rutten was quoted as saying he's uh, pretty confident that he'll stay. Um, but, you know, without obviously being concrete. And, um, you know, I heard Brendan Goddard yesterday say that he thinks Danner is staying. Uh, but you know, to me, the fact that he can't come out and say he wants to, uh, you know, recommit to the club at this stage, I, it, there must be some doubt. He must be asking around other clubs or his management, asking around, you know, what's his value at at the moment elsewhere. And uh, if you're prepared to do that, um, to me that means you're open for a move. And uh, you know, uh, you know, I've kind of. On the side of uh, where some people have said, look, if he can't commit to the club now, um, do you want a player that is basically not playing for your club? He's just basically playing for the best deal he can get. And you know, obviously every player does that. But I mean, um, in this case, it's, you know, you've already stated last year you wanted to go to Sydney. Uh, and now, you know, we're at the mercy of him. And, and that obviously has a big impact on what we can commit to, uh, you know, to our other players, not knowing if he's going to commit. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. So, yeah, there'll be plenty of uh, pieces moved around you know, over the next week or so. We have moved on five players, but, uh, yeah, we've got to cut through at least another five, you'd suggest. Um, and that's without sort of looking at trades, I believe. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how far the axe will wield and how the decision will land because, uh, you know, if Saad and Danaher left uh, and there's rumblings of, you know, even um, Hooker, Hurley, Merritt, uh, you know, being on the uh, on the precipice of making a decision to head out of the side. I mean, you know, everything with a grain of salt. Um, you know, we, of course, don't know anything inside the club, um, but there is... Talk of unrest, you know, as, you know, Tim Watson's sort of confirmed that much. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go. All right. Well, um, let's go back to the game against Melbourne. We'll, get, we'll do this uh, this mm. part because um, I know we'll definitely plan a pod uh, maybe for next week regarding, you know, a season review um, of, you know, each player on the list and also, you know, where where we think they're going. Um but uh, yeah, this week we'll focus on the the Melbourne loss, unfortunately. Um, yeah, mate, it was a tough tough day. Um, you know, we we won the first quarter again. Um, so that was two weeks in a row, which you know is our fourth one of the season. Um, but again, we only kicked the was it was it one goal or two goals? Two goals, lead? yeah. Two goals. So um, again, it wasn't like we uh, were on a tear away start. Yeah, what did you make of that first quarter against Melbourne? Yeah, look, it, it's sort of funny, mate. Like Melbourne had plenty of the ball early in that quarter, but it was just very scrappy from both sides. Um, so, yeah, there was that great work from Tibar to uh, hit Laverty beautifully, and he kicked the first goal of the match. And it was really good to see Lav back on the side because, you know, obviously he's been off injured, so we weren't sure in what shape he's going to come back in. But he actually looked up and about, looked to be mobile, and um, yeah, seemed to be uh, playing uh, yeah, pretty positively, aggressively kind of thing. And um, yeah, great to see him kick that first goal. And then there was sort of no highlights up until, you know, right, right until the end of that quarter where we got a red time goal, mate, um, after Stringer, you know, took a good mark and kicked it beautifully to uh, get a goal and yeah, have us win the quarter. But, yeah, as I said, it was very scratchy from both sides. Yeah, and we, although we won the quarter, if we were honest, uh, Melbourne missed a lot of opportunities. And, uh, yeah, they could have been up by three or four goals themselves, you know, if they had a, been a bit more accurate. Um, they missed a lot of goals I would have thought they would have uh, put away. But um, regardless, we still won the quarter. And, as you say, a red-term goal our way was refreshing to see. Um, yeah, the second term, mate, uh, it was a bit like the Port game, uh, the week before, you know, we, we did so well to win that first quarter, uh, you know, in trying conditions, but in the second term, Port came out to play and we couldn't respond and it was a bit like that in the second quarter here. Yeah, Melbourne came out, so, yeah, it's pretty, uh, yeah, they just had the run early and kicked a couple of goals and... Really should have should have had another. You know, when the ball was chipped to an empty goal square, 
But then that lucky bounce meant Cutler was able to whip it away. But then they did get another easy goal, and um, yeah, they're able to sort of raffle it between three of them before Neil Bullen kicked it through to have him up by 22. Uh, then there was that beautiful bit of play where Saad dropped a certain goal uh, to Fritch and got the ball to Langford, who delivered it beautifully to Ham. It was just a pinpoint pass to hit Ham on the run. And uh, he got it to Waller, who found Stewart in the forward line. Uh, and unfortunately, like it was a beautiful kick from Stewart, but it just hit the post. Um, but it was good to see a rare bit of good play. But really, they uh, they ran all over us that quarter, and we didn't put up much of a fight, if I'm honest with you. And you know, for mine, the, the players just looked totally spent. And as I said that earlier, it was just the ease that they could move the ball forward. And uh, there was a bit of footage there uh, where Jordan Ridley, uh, who's been so fantastic this season, um, you know, obviously won the best and fairest during the week. Um, but he uh, he had no regard for Bailey Fritch, and he was just you know really capitalising on that because um, that footage they showed from behind the goal where you know Ridley basically set up to go you know, around that centre-half forward area to play that sweeper if, if the ball came in. But Fritz just saw that and went off to the half-forward uh, flank and, you know, just had no one on him. It was like a training drill without, you know, an opponent. And, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that Jordan will learn. Uh, you know, he's not here to uh, knock him because he's, you know, obviously been our shining light this year. But, um, yeah, you've got to have some accountability or at least a player to... Uh, drop off and and watch your opponent if you're going to do um if you're going to make decisions like that so that's a you know a, a thing that you know Rutten will have to coach into him but yeah the ease that Bailey Fritch was just finding space um was a little bit concerning and it didn't seem to be addressed until you know obviously the halftime break but um yeah Melbourne I think they kicked five goals to none in that second term was that right mate yeah absolutely yeah so yeah it was you know, as I said, almost mirrored the week before where Port did the same to us. Uh, after half time, yeah, we should say that Danaher um, yeah, hadn't touched the ball at half time, so um, it was a tough day for him. Uh, and that continued in the third because um, Stephen May had his number basically. Um, and I must say, Danaher didn't look like he had a lot of power. Uh, he wasn't. He didn't seem to be moving that well. Uh, I noticed Eddie kept saying that, oh, his groins must be shot again. Like, I don't know if he's trying to drive down his value, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I noticed that he kept mentioning that in the commentary. But he did, he did look a little bit, um, you know, well, I won't say lame, but he looked like you know, he didn't have much power to, um, you know, when he was moving. So, it, you know, obviously he came good in the last term. He definitely got a lot of the ball, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's a fitness thing or, you know, hopefully it doesn't mean there's, you know, more issues. But I wouldn't think so because um, if I was Danaher and I had more issues and uh, I'd be taking any offer I got right now, lock up four years and, uh, yeah, I'd want to cash in while I can because, um, you know, it's a little bit off topic, but Ben Brown basically did that to himself this year. Uh, apparently North had offered him a huge contract um, early in this season for COVID strike and uh, his manager kind of um, bartered for a better deal. Instead, North pulled out of negotiations after COVID was announced and now he looks like to be going 
uh, obviously to another club, but he, without it, the security of a contract and because of his form this year, there's no way he was going to get the money that he was going to get on his first offer. So, yeah, Danaher would have to back himself in physically um, if he's not going to look for a deal. Uh, yeah, he must be backing himself to to be at full fitness uh, eventually. But uh, sorry to go off topic there, mate. But um, yeah, Danaher um, yeah struggled in the first half, and you know we just couldn't get going. And again, it was Melbourne who struck first uh, with that Jaden Hunt, and he, he really he's burst to speed. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of speed. This guy, you know, probably his field kicking sometimes can be a bit off, but yeah, he was making us look second rate the way that he basically put the ball under his uh, you know, under his wing and just burn forward and we just couldn't go with him and he kicked a number of goals just using his speed and yeah he got the first one before James Stewart got his second goal yeah but I mean really that was that was sort of it in that that third quarter mate it was one goal each um, again very scrappy um, kind of play um, yeah until that that fourth quarter where um, yeah, both sides sort of got into gear. Um, you know, usually I sort of sit there and make me notes or whatever, but to be honest with you, mate, after half time, there wasn't a lot of highlights that I was uh, sort of noting down because it just it was just one of those games that just left me you know, completely, I don't know, emotionless almost. Um, yeah, a bit lost to it. But yeah, did you have any other uh, points you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so like, only in the... You know, not in the third term because I thought that was a bit of a snooze fest as well. Like, yeah. It was more of the same. You know, neither side was really, um, you know, making the most of their opportunities. And as I said, it was the last quarter where um, you know Rutten basically had decided to put Danaher into into the ruck. And um, you know, considering how he was moving, is a pretty bold uh, play because you know. Uh, you know, if you're going to pick up an injury, it's probably in the ruck when you're bashing and crashing against another big giant. But um, Danaher seemed to find some space, and he started to find the footy, uh, you know, pretty regularly. And his long kicking uh, certainly helped James Stewart on a number of occasions. Yeah, it did, mate. Um, yeah, where he yeah, got another couple of goals, and there was that sort of I don't know, almost five minute period where we looked looked to be coming back, and we thought, oh. Geez, here we go. We, we might even be in with a shot with this one. Uh, but unfortunately, we, we just didn't have enough gas in the tank and Melbourne were able to kick a couple of goals late to um, to make sure we weren't in with a sniff. Uh, like, it was good to see that bit of fight, but I guess the, the question is always, well, why do we have five minutes of good play, but then, you know, 95 of... Yeah, absolute pox. Um, yeah, if I'm quite honest, it's uh, yeah, baffling. I mean, you you see, well, you heard reports that yeah, the the players are are both physically and mentally shot. Um, you know, with this season, you know, playing up there and in the hub, away from their families and uh, and that kind of thing. So yeah, you sort of wonder how much they're able to put into a game. If uh, you know they're like mentally, they're just tired. It's because uh, that's how we looked on the day, um, you know, throughout that game. And yeah, like I'm sure 
you know, like us fans, they the the players all probably breathed a bit of a sigh of relief, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a game because I mean, when you look at the the scoreline, it, it flattered us really. Um, you know, Melbourne missed a lot of opportunities for goal. Like even in that last quarter, they had um, quite a few, and yeah, they just stuffed around with it. Um, our back stood up, so they were able to uh, whip a few away. But really, that that should have been a sort of eight, nine, ten goal loss, uh, just the way we played. Uh, but uh, yeah, what what did you reckon, mate? Oh, just to say that you know we did get within seven points, believe it or not, um, and you know Razor Ray burn us again. Um, there's that tackle that Zach Merritt did on uh, Christian Petrarca, and um, you know. To me, that was holding the ball, and uh, you know, seemed to really deflate us. That decision not being paid, and you know, we dropped off, um, probably expecting the ball go our way, and yeah, Melbourne burn us. And you know, as you say, there was no fight back after that. But yeah, thanks Razor A for um, shafting us again. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was probably the only thing that really I stood out to me. And obviously, when the game ended. Uh, we saw um, Tom Bell Chambers, you know, obviously get recognised for his last, um, well, his last appearance as, as an Essendon player. Um, obviously not playing, but um, you know, he was congratulated by the opposition and and our team. And obviously there was a send off for John Warsfold. And uh, I must say it was nice to see the players, um, you know, each file in and you know, basically shake Wush's hands. Um, I did note uh, KL Hooker's interaction with uh, Wush wasn't, um, <laughs> was a lot different to others, so there must be something true in that, you know, how we both commented that Hooker wasn't named in the last two games and was publicly dropped. Um, so I think there was certainly some something carrying over there, but, um, you know, Warsfold, uh, you know, the Warsfold era is finished at Essendon, Um you know, we've got to thank him for his initial work there. You know, obviously we all feel like he probably stayed on a little bit long um, and probably the club wasn't bold enough to, when they made the call not to go with him last year, that going forward, they really should have just, you know, said no. But, um, you know, thank you. Uh, go home to your family. We'll pay you out. You know, and, you know, this is before COVID reached in. You know, we could have done that and... I think that would have been better for um, Truck Rutten and Blake Carousella, knowing it was their side. But, uh, you know, we, we keep getting told that it was a success uh, when you talk to people inside the club. So uh, how much is that spin? How much is that true? We don't know. But, uh, yeah, John Warsfold, um, his time is up. But, uh, you know, he did initially do a good job. And, um, you know, I'll never really see him as an Essendon person. But... Um, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't like to um, tip too much on him because, you know, he didn't have to take out that job. He wanted to, and he um, certainly uh, got us through a pretty tough period. Yeah, he did, mate. Uh, but as you say, uh, all good things must come to an end, and, and now, you know, we've got truck rutting at the, at the helm, and uh, I'll be interested to see how he does things. Um, one comment I sort of found really bemusing from those sort of specials saying, you know, goodbye to Woosha was, you know, 
uh, Ben Rutten and, and John Wordsfold would sort of walk around the club and be chatting. And there was a bit of footage where John was sort of talking to Truck and saying, oh, you know, people were like, oh, geez, you know, why don't you have a plan B? Why don't you have a plan B? And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, no worries. We'll do this thing that we've practiced for maybe, you know, 10 minutes and we expect you to do it really well. And, you know, what do people expect, you know? Well, what people expect, mate, is that you're able to adapt to, uh, you know, the game if it's not being played on your terms and if you're only trying something else 10, 20 minutes of your training schedule during the week, well, that shows a lack of planning for mine. So um, that's the last <laughs> that's the last thing I'll say on that. Um, I'll get riled up again. But, um, yeah, look, um, thanks, John, for the... You know, for the beginning of your tenure, certainly you were a steady hand on the ship when we needed it. So I mean, if we if we can't thank you enough for that. Um, but bring on um, the next years under Truck Rutten, and let's hope for some uh, let's hope for some change, like meaningful change. I don't want to hear just words from the club to say, "Oh, we're in a good good plan. We have strategies in place," and blah blah blah. That's it means nothing to me until we actually demonstrate uh, that we've we've changed from a club that just accepts mediocrity to one that is hungry and uh, striving for success yeah and that's right and and like the other way of looking at this player unrest maybe that's what Essendon need at the moment because as you say we, we have let the tail wag the dog um, you know we've been very accommodating to our players and probably too much at times you know I think of back when um, Xavier Campbell said, you know, their performance wasn't good enough against Brisbane back all those years ago. And um, the players wanted an apology and basically said, well, you don't play, so you, sh- you can't... That doesn't give you the right to comment on our performance. And, um, you know, it's been instances like that where the players have kind of demanded how they're treated and so forth. And, well, I guess what we can take out of this is uh, maybe Rutten is starting to, you know, Say, you know, you push back against the players, say, no, I'm the coach, this is my decision, uh, like it or lump it, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, maybe that's because the players have had free will basically, um, after the saga, uh, we haven't stood up and made our own decisions. And if the players didn't agree with us, um, we've kind of tried to, you know, dilute what we were originally asking them and try to get them to, you know, buy in and. You know, I think, you know, imagine back in the day, mate, like, and I know totally different beast, but imagine the players back in the day trying to renegotiate with Sheeds when Sheedy offered them, you know, what he said he wanted them to do. Imagine they saying, oh, Kevin, I don't really want to do that. Um, what I'd like is play out the field. I can only imagine what Kevin's response to that would be. So, um, so I just think, you know, I think that the club really has to stand you know i don't want to see any of our good players go it's, you know, it's disappointing especially when you know you know zach merritt you know, he's won two Crichton medals uh he's runner-up you know just this season and he's only 24 years of age so it'd be shattering to see him want to leave the club especially when he's seen as a future leader and in fact if um dyson you know i know dyson wants to continue as captain but if he wasn't captain next year I would think Zach Merritt's the most qualified to take on that role, despite being dropped out of the leadership group. Uh, I think that's the thing the club needs to do, is just be consistent with their decisions, because 
We've seen with the leadership players come in and then they drop the following year. You know, this is in the leadership group. You know, we saw Hurley and Hooker drop one year and um, then all of a sudden Zara Arcus is in there and then Merritt was, you know, vice-captain all of last year and then totally out of the group. Um, that's going to get people's noses out of joint and it's really mixed messaging to that player. You know, you're our vice-captain and next year um, you're not, you know, even in, in the leadership group. So, um, yeah, I think... You know, it can't be solely just, you know, we get told it's the players who vote the leaders in. But, um, yeah, that, that might be right for some of them. But I don't think the clubs can just disregard who's actually doing the role the previous year and, and just say, well, no, the players you know, think you're too hard on them, so they want to devote this other bloke in. You know, maybe Zach Merritt is demanding standards that players didn't like the feedback at times and, uh, we saw that with Brendan Goddard when he was playing. Uh, our players didn't like being told, um, you know, their performance wasn't up to scratch. And, yeah, I just think we need to be a harder-edged club again. Um, and, you know, that starts with the head coach making sure that, you know, what the standards are. So as much as it might have disrupted uh, some of the current players there and maybe they are looking at other opportunities because they don't like it, I'm sure if they make their ways to other clubs, they'll find that not many other clubs just cater for their players. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I suppose just on that one, you know, it's sort of always sounded a bit ridiculous to me, the whole notion of the players voting in their captain. I guess in a perfect world, if people were completely honest and um, I suppose upfront with each other and knew that, oh, you know, if if you weren't pulling your weight or you weren't training as hard as you as you should be, yeah, I needed to have my head pulled in uh, kind of thing. Um, but we know that people work in self-interest and, you know, if Zach Merritt, you know, if it's true, uh, Zach Merritt's a bit hard on me, I'd, I'd rather someone who gives me the uh, the soft love um, kind of effect, you know, as we sort of heard from Brennan Goddard, you know, Heppel's one that gets around the guys and, you know, is more that, you know, shoulder to lean on as opposed to the bloke who's going to demand standards uh, kind of thing. And look, this is obviously just me as a fan um, talking. I don't know the, the ins and outs, but uh, certainly sounds to me that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sold. That decision as to who your leader's going to be should rest solely with the players uh, because certainly if you went around any workplace... Um, and they said, who do you want your manager to be? Um, there'd be a lot of people that says, oh, I want to go this one because they give me the easy ride. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what direction the, the club takes because uh, certainly what we want to see as fans is um, we want to become a ruthless club again and that ruthlessness is what you know drove the 2000 premiership side to... You know, pull everything out of themselves, and um, yeah, certainly uh, accepting mediocrity like we have done for years uh, isn't getting the job done. So we need to make meaningful change. And we heard Xavier talk at the best and fairest that yeah, that's that's what they're planning to do. Uh, and he even acknowledged that look, this all does just sound like words until you see action. Uh, so that's what we want to see, Essendon, and uh, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a big pre-season. Um, it's certainly going to be a big 
trade period, we'll know for sure where we're headed. Uh, how many of these uh, alleged rumours the players want out is true. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine it's going to be as bad as what the media are doing. And I, I think, you know, they're really loving, you know, making Essendon this, uh, you know, horrible place and where everyone wants out. But, um, you know, we, let's face it, even though uh, people say we're not a big club anymore, we certainly sell papers and, you know, we're great clickbait. And uh, you can't tell me that the Herald Sun and the Age don't know that. And uh, that's why there's so many stories about us. But, uh, yeah, we'll find out, you know, in the next you know month or two where we're at as a list. And I'm really interested in that. And we'll uh, we'll discuss that each um each time there's been a decision made, uh, we'll do another pod and uh, we can kind of evaluate where we're at. But, um, yeah, we won't know for a, a number of weeks yet. And I guess we've got the finals to look forward to. Uh, yeah, not that we're in them, but to see how that season finally ends. Um, I don't know about you, mate. The most thing I want to look forward to next year is actually going to the football. I really have missed that. Um, you know, watching the team and, you know, there's certain things you you don't pick up when you're actually just watching it on TV, and you know I always like to you know if you're at Etihad, you know be on that second level or third level, and you can see how the players set up, and um, you know we haven't had that all year, so um, yeah that's something to look forward to, and um, you know if it's true that we're going to have a, a really major change um, with our playing list. Uh, I guess it'll feel like a real reset, and you know that can be, uh, you know that can be interesting to watch as well. And hopefully, it's the start of a, you know, new hard edge bombers. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be all in for that. All right, we'll um, we'll have a break, and uh, we'll come back and we'll conclude our Don's Cast medal. Um, and then after that, we'll just double check. We'll see well, how was our top ten as opposed to. Uh, the actual best and fairest uh, at Essendon, and you know, um, it'll be interesting to see who won. Was it Ridley or Merritt? Because uh, last we checked, it was a very close contest. So that's next after the break. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Don's Cast, and uh, as we conclude. The inaugural uh, Don's Cast Medal, uh, very prestigious, mate. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I was going to say it was another game where it was tough to find votes. Um, you know, because you know we had that good patch of play in the last quarter, but before that, it was pretty hard to watch. Um, so, mate, I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you. Uh, how did you give your votes on the day? Yeah, look, mate, it was hard to find votes. Um, but, look, I gave one to Kyle Langford. I thought he, he kept presenting all day. And he just has this, um, I suppose, composure about him when he's when he's got the footy. So, um, yeah, like I actually quite liked his game. Uh, hopefully he continues to develop and gets a bit more confidence in that big body of his to throw it around a bit. And I reckon he... He could, um, yeah, really do some damage, and uh, yeah, I thought he had a a pretty good game. Um, so two votes I gave to Zach Merritt. Like he was, it was sort of one of those funny old games because 
he really butchered the ball, if I'm quite honest with you. He's very fumbly. Uh, his kicks were going bloody anywhere. Um, but, you know, what he didn't drop off was his effort and his uh, application and his ability to find the footy. So he actually had 25 disposals in the end, took seven marks, uh, had nine tackles and five clearances, which was absolutely huge. But, um, yeah, just sort of let down by those clangers. In the end, um, three votes I gave to Darcy Parrish. I, I thought he did really well in the midfield there. You, you just see him in and under everything. And uh, look, another pre-season you know, going into next year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can produce, particularly now that he's he's had this extended run in the midfield and uh, we've seen him be able to sort of zip in there, grab the footy and extract it out. Um, you know, we got 25 disposals on the weekend, three marks, had a tackle and four clearances. I'm hoping that extra um, uh, sort of pre-season will help him not only up his minutes, because he only played 74% of game time, uh, so you'd have to suggest there's probably still a bit of um, you know, fitness base he needs to develop. But, um, yeah, to really be able to um, yeah, make even more use of the footy when he does get it, because you know he's, he handballs a lot, like his, his handball ratio was 18 handballs to, to 7 kicks. So, you know, if he can start either... Getting these out, or even um, you know, kicking it forward uh, effectively, he'd just go to an absolutely new level. So three votes for him. Uh, I gave Dylan Shield four votes. I thought he, um, you know, he just looked like a, a, a bit of a man on a mission. Uh, his disposal wasn't always fantastic, but I thought he uh, did lower his eyes a bit. And I was actually really pleased that uh, when there was a bit of the play where he had it about 60 metres out. He ran in a bit. He looked for an option, couldn't find one. So then he just put it on his boot from just outside 50 and uh, kicked the goal. I thought that was a real, um, yes, sort of good moment. And and that's what we've wanted to see as Bomber fans. Like, he does have this beautiful left foot. Uh, He can kick it a long way and have good penetration. Uh, So for us, we'd just like to see him back himself a bit more. So let's hope this preseason, um, you know, he can sort of really work on that and work on his goal kicking because you know when he does have a set shot, he doesn't look comfortable at all. Uh, but you know he had six clearances, three tackles, so uh, yeah, definitely going in the right direction. But the five votes I had to go for Adam Sard. I thought he uh, really played well down there. I found it a bit bemusing we didn't sort of get him to, you know. Lock down a Fritch or, or someone like that earlier. Um, but, uh, no, nah, I thought he, he really held down his man. Uh, when he did get the footy, he was able to you know, get it going forward for us. And, you know, and with good effect, like he had nearly 600 metres gained over the course of the match. And that's just huge, particularly in the game where Essendon weren't able to sort of bring it up and down with any fluency as a whole, so his efforts were, were great, he had the 19 disposals, 16 of those were kicks, and uh, had 5 marks, so I thought a really good game from, from Sardi. How about yourself, mate, how did you read it? Yeah, well, I, I went one vote to Zach Merritt, um, I just felt he, yeah, he, he was so fumbly early as well, like, well, he's pretty fumbly for the whole game, if I'm honest, uh, you know, he really struggled with that part of it, but what he, he's got an enormous work rate, and yeah, you know, he's able to accumulate the footy and um, 
you know, his kicking is something that's dropped away. I think he was seen as probably our most or our best user of the footy a couple of years ago and probably hasn't had that for some time. Whether that's you know, he doesn't have as much space as he once did, uh, you know, before, you know, the likes of, you know, Heppel not being in there and um, you know, before that Watson and you know, so Maybe that's a contributing factor, but his kicking's definitely dropped away in terms of his skills, but uh, his work rate hasn't. And, yeah, so I just gave him the one vote. I gave two votes to Kyle Langford. Again, uh, he worked hard. He pushed... Um, he's really pushed himself to go to that next level, and he's been really consistent this year. And um, we saw in the Crichton medal, uh, he finished fourth, and that's... Yeah, a great job to finish in the top five, and that just says a lot about his consistency, I think. And yeah, let's hope uh, another big preseason, and he can take his game to a, an even higher level. Uh, yeah, three votes to Darcy Parish. Um, again, mate, my votes are kind of mirroring yours, but they kind of jumped out at me. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, work around the ball since he's been given an opportunity. Uh, is yeah, he's, he's very good in that collecting the ball and um, dishing it out. Uh, his slight of body, as we know, and, um, you know, he's he, he's not a... He is a fearless player um, for his size, so I think he's a, a good distributor. Um, again, you know, he had, early on, he just wasn't getting these opportunities, and, um, yeah, I thought it was a really good effort for him to finish sixth in the Crichton medal. Um, so uh, it just goes to show there's a lot of upside with Darcy and... Uh, once Truck and uh, Carousella get more confidence in him, I'm sure he's going to get a lot more midfield minutes. Um, yeah, four votes, same as you, mate. I, I went Dylan Shield. I thought, you know, although he uh, handballed a lot more than I would like, you know, and it says a lot about, um, you know, Zach Merritt and Dylan Shield. You know, they both had about 25 possessions. I think the rate was like seven kicks, 18 handballs each. And, um, you know, it just goes to show we we when we are pressured we can win the footy but we just can't compose ourselves to get the meterage to send the ball forward, um you know because we, we and it's also you wonder if it's the direction the that Rutten wants is the the game plan is so uh you know dependent on handballs um but to me that has to be straightened up next year can't be so uh, always looking for a handball we've got to really uh, put the opposition team on the back foot sending the ball forward because um, I don't know about you, mate. If I'm defending, I'll I'll happily watch you handball you know, 10 times in one area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather defend that than you know, the ball coming down and you know, potentially being a scoring option. So, But um, regardless, um, yeah, that goal that you mentioned was really classy. and um, Probably haven't seen him kick too many of those for Essendon. Um, those goals, he, he used to kick them with GWS, uh, you know, fairly consistently. And um, I think, again, he he's going to really improve if we can get a bigger midfielder in there. So, um, you know, I guess the only player that we've been linked that could maybe help in that area at the moment maybe is a Brad Crouch. Um, you know, I've still got my concerns with Brad Crouch in terms of his durability, uh, how often he can get onto the ground and... Also, how much is he going to cost us? But uh, we certainly need some help in the midfield to maybe strengthen our um, midfield area because at the moment, we've, we've both commented, 
we're all a bit the same. You know, they're all the same height, and um, you know, we need that point of difference to help us in the midfield. Uh, and then obviously, you know, I gave Adam Sard the five as well. I thought, you know, his work, um, and also just the, as you said, six hundred meters gain is huge. He, he, the way that he was actually, you know, using the ball um, was pretty good. And you know, I would hate to be that. That's the last game we see Asadi because, um, you know, he's a really good player to watch and um, certainly think it'll be a tough season next year if he's not there. So hopefully Asadi um, evaluates the situation and recommits. But, uh, yeah, Adam Saad, uh, best on. Beauty, mate. How did we um, stack up, mate? Um, do you want to um, read out the our top ten? Well, how do you want to do this? How do you want to do a comparison? But um, I'll be interested... To find out who won, firstly, but secondly, um, how's that? How our top ten went against theirs? Yeah, well, obviously it's a, a bit of a different game in that, uh, you know, I guess um, while we gave, uh, I suppose, five players votes each game, uh, it's obviously a bit different to how it's run, um, you know, in clubland. Uh, so, you know, you'll see some of the people in our top ten didn't even feature in the top ten. Uh, for Essendon, um, and, and vice versa. So, if I go from number 10, so on the Crichton medal leaderboard, number 10 was Dylan Scheel, uh, whereas we had Jakey Stringer. Uh, he only polled the, the nine Don's Cast medal votes, but um, he made it to the top 10. So, there you go, Jakey. Um, number nine for the Essendon Crichton medal was Will Snelling. Um, and this is obviously a bloke who played basically every game through the year, so he might have polled, you know, votes with the coaches here and there, but uh, sort of none, none for us. Uh, our number nine was Sammy Draper uh, with the 13 votes. Now that, that's a bloody good effort for this bloke because he didn't play until, you know, a bit over halfway during the season. Um, so number eight for Essendon was Devin Smith, Uh and we actually had Dev Smith as eight as well. So uh, there's there's one we got right, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, seven, they had Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, as we had Kyle Langford with the 26 Don's Cast medal votes. Uh, number six, they had Darcy Parrish. And it's an, there's another one, mate. We had Darcy Parrish there with 43 Don's Cast medal votes. Uh, number five, they had Andrew McGrath, whereas we had Dylan Shield. Number four, they had Kyle Langford, whereas we had Adam Sard. They had number th- uh, Adam Sard as number three for the Crichton, uh, whereas we had uh, Andy McGrath. Number two, they had Zach Merritt. Uh, same with us, which leaves us with Jordan Ridley, the winner of the Crichton medal and the Don's Cast medal vote, mate. So yeah, wrap those up all in one fell swoop. Yeah, I was surprised with the uh, Crichton medal. Um, you know, obviously, I feel a bit embarrassed that Snelling finished uh, ninth there, and we didn't find a single vote for him. And it wasn't that he was done. You know, we didn't notice him. It was just that you know, whenever the games were on, he, he didn't stand out as one of the best five on the ground. Um, so that was one. And I was probably surprised with uh, Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody polling so well. Um, you know. I know he won our leading goal kicking, but um, yeah, a lot of the games he, he really struggled to find the footy, and 
Uh, we talked about, you know, we think next year is going to be a huge plus for him being back at home. Hopefully we can get some of the normality and, uh, yeah, he's going to enjoy that. And, um, yeah, so the club really must love what he does off the ball. So he, he they must recognise his efforts, you know, trying to get those rundowns and so forth. So, yeah, that was that was good for him. But, um, yeah, I was surprised that, that voting kind of held up in a lot of areas, mate. And, um, yeah, it was... It was a good project to do, and um, yeah, congrats to Jordan Ridley. He was brilliant. Um, I see today he's earned an All Australian um, nomination, or he's, he's in the squad of forty. Uh, so that will be named on Thursday night. Um, you know, being a, a young player, they're the players that usually miss out on the All Australian side because they usually, for some reason, you need to have a couple of years behind you with the selectors before they'll give you a nod, but. Um, yeah, I'd love to see Rids make it in his, you know, 26th game. Uh, they said that he won a, a Crichton medalist. He's the third youngest uh, bomber in history to win the Crichton medal behind uh, John Coleman and Albert Thurgood, mate. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you're up there with those kind of legends, uh, yeah, it'd be kind of surreal, wouldn't it? And, um, you know, he only played 11 games prior to this year and, uh, yeah, he's turned it around and won a Crichton medal. Um Fantastic effort. It is, mate. And and I uh, I wonder if uh, Jordan Ridley's Twitter game is going to be as good as uh, Albert Thurgood's because uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, like the old comments from uh, Albert Thurgood on Twitter. Um, yeah, so, no, um, good effort. Why don't we, um, just before we close this segment, mate, do you want to just give us our overall votes, just ours um, this time and... Uh, and we'll see what players got votes overall because some of them will be departing the club and yeah, we won't ever be able to give them the privilege of getting a Don's Cars medal vote ever again. That's it, mate. <laughs> uh, so if I go from the bottom, so one vote each to Cutler and Mosquito, two votes to Big Horse McKernan, who's uh, hung up the boots, mate. So um, yeah, you can finish out on top with two Don's Cars medal votes. Uh, we had three votes each to Townsend, Guelphie, Laverde, Bell Chambers and Hooker. Yeah, Belcho, see you, mate. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Hooker and Townsend, for that matter. Uh, Joe Danaher polled four votes, so we'll see if he sticks around, mate. Uh, we had five votes each to McDonald, Tip and Woody and Phillips. Uh, six each to Zaharakis and Jimmy Stewart. Seven to Hurley. Nine to Stringer. 13 to Draper, 16 to Smith, 26 to Langford, 43 to Parrish, 48 to Shield, 63 to Sard, 67 to McGrath, 86 to Merritt, and 87 to Jordan Ridley, the Don's Cast Medal winner. Yeah, okay, so there we go. Um, well, mate, we've got another segment next. Um, it's been tough going, especially the last 10 weeks. Uh, the buy the numbers segment, and... Uh, yeah, we will be only doing the by the numbers for the game against Melbourne. Um, we'll save our overall review for uh, maybe a podcast next week. But um, yeah, we'll uh, come back with by the numbers. You're listening to Don's Cast, and uh, yeah, one of our regular segments is by the numbers, and we do that now and. We start with number three, Darcy Parrish. Uh, we've both got him in the votes, and yeah, his improvement's been great. And 
I think he's going to get you know, much more midfield opportunities next year. But for this game, I thought he worked really hard and uh, still you know, found the composure to pick up the ball and distribute it pretty well. Yeah, he did, mate. So he'll continue to develop. And he's had a really good season this year. Quite a good game from against Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to how he continues to build and develop in the years ahead. Yeah, uh, Kyle Langford, again, both in our votes as well. And uh, we talked about his consistency. But, you know, on the day, you know, he, I just noticed his work rate's much better than, you know, what it was perceived to be. Um, so I think... In that way, he's driven his standards to a better, um, you know, a better play, and you know he's become more composed. And um, I think with Cole, one of my biggest knocks on him used to be his uh, game awareness. You know, yeah, you know, you'd see him just take a slow bounce despite yeah, you know, you're almost being tackled right behind him. And uh, yeah, I think he's got better at that. But yeah, I thought he was pretty good on the day. Um, you know, it was hard going, but uh, his hands are pretty good. And he's a really good marking option. And can be a good release player. Yeah, he can, mate. And uh, yeah, yeah, gave him votes. I don't have much more to add for him, but um, yeah, loved his work this year. It was good for him to have a real solid run throughout the season of games, and I think he's demonstrated he's there's a real player there. So looking forward to uh, another pre-season and what he brings next year. Dev Smith, uh, we've found him playing, you know, on that halfback flank or back pocket. Um, I still don't like when he's uh, he kicks out because um, I just think it kind of dictates the uh, opposition know that he's only got a 50 metre kick at best. So it kind of, you know, it's a bit more readable where the ball's going to go. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he certainly got better as the season went on. And um, yeah, I think he must have been struggling, especially around that halfway point because yeah, he just seemed to be lethargic and... Yeah, his tackling numbers are way down. But, um, yeah, I thought on the day he, he worked pretty hard, but probably his kicking is something that, you know, I th- I'm sure he can work on. Um, he's generally a pretty skilled player, but, yeah, this year uh, coming back, he probably hasn't been known for that. No, he hasn't. So you, you'd imagine, you know, when he did return from that knee, um, you know, they say it's generally the year after you come back that you sort of start to come good again because there must have been some uh some little niggle there or or something um you know he can still find the footy uh which is good but as you say he just has no depth on that kick which um yeah really limits us getting out of the back line so a bit of a questionable decision as to why he's the one kicking out so um yeah i thought he had a decent game without being outstanding against melbourne uh, but yeah, let's let's hope his um his body's a uh, bit more fresh and ready to go for next year. Uh, Joe Danaher really uh yeah really had a struggled on the day, especially the first three quarters. But uh, it was like we got a new player in the last. He uh, was up and about, and the ball seemed to follow him. And you know, he used that long kicking, and I think James Stewart enjo- enjoyed you know, some of the delivery into him. And um, yeah, I thought you know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because despite kicking those three goals against the Hawks, um, he never kicked another goal. Um, so he got three goals in his return game, but uh, wasn't able to get another goal for the rest of the, the other games that he played. So, um, you know, depending on if the rumours are true, we're offering him a four-year deal. Um, I'd want better return, but understand he's come back, uh, you know, basically at the death knell of the season and, 
uh, you know, hopefully if he does stay, he can have a full preseason, uh, work on that kicking and, you know, become that dominant player we need him to be. Yeah, but I think that was always going to be the concern, not whether he can come back and play one game, but can he, you know, back it up and prepare to play, you know, two, three, four games in a row. Um, so that'll be the, the challenge for Joe going forward to get some resilience back in his body and uh, everything like that. We'll see what his decision is at the end of the year, but there's still a player there. Um, let's hope he can stay with the Bombers. I'd, I'd love to see him stick around because he's an absolute jet. Um, and you even saw against that Hawthorne uh, game that there's things he can do on the on the footy field that uh, not a lot of other people, let alone big men, can do on the ground. So, uh, yeah, let's... Uh, let's Let's hope for uh, a fit and firing Joe next year in the red and black, that is. Um, but for this game, yeah, he really sort of struggled up until that last quarter. Well, mate, just before we move on to Zach Merritt, um, what's your what's your gut feel at the moment? Like, if I had to ask you right now, what's the decision going to be? What would you say? Uh, I'd probably... I don't know why, but I'm I'm thinking he'll stay. Uh, I guess just you know you hear from blokes like Brennan Goddard and and things like that that he'll that he'll stay, and um, you would hope that some of that might be based from talk around the club. Um, but you know, apart from that, I, I sort of wonder whether um, you know perhaps Ben Rutten putting his foot down and. And saying, no, nah, I'm not going to be dictated to by players. These are my decisions. Maybe that will be a thing for for Joe to say, hey, I, I quite like that. You know, um, you know, people haven't bought into the game plan plan previously, uh, which has, you know, caused him havoc in the in the forward line uh, with people just wanting to play their own game. So, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe there's there's something there, but I don't know. What do you reckon, mate? Uh, I'm more in the other camp. I just probably think, uh, you know, if you if you had all year to think about it, and you're still not ready to commit, um, mind you, we haven't signed any of our players. So, who's to say that there's an understanding um, what's happening? But um, to me, yeah, that's that's what worries me. But probably the only thing against that is that because we haven't signed anyone. Um, I can't say that's an indication that he's not going to sign with us now because obviously we would have signed up Ridley and McGrath if we are going to sign anyone at the moment and that hasn't been done. So, yeah, there's plenty to play out. Um, I have heard little talks about this. Um, there's a KO special, mate, coming up um, about Joe Danaher and it's, it kind of a, alludes to where he sees his career going and that. And, um, I don't think it's going to be like a LeBron James um, special where it was called The Decision, where he said he'd take his talents to the South Beaches of um, Miami. But, um, yeah, uh, oh, sorry, South Beach, Florida. But, um, yeah, I think um, I, don't, I just can't see that being the platform where he's going to announce he'll stay with the Bombers or, you know, say he's leaving. So, uh, but it's interesting that they are doing a special on him, Um but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, at the moment, I'm probably leaning that he'll he'll depart. But you know, if he's to stay, I'm, I'll be wrapped with that, and at least we'll know with certainty who's going to be our forward target. 
Uh, Zach Merritt, um, we both gave him votes, mate. We both, you know, did mention his kicking was a little bit off. Um, you know, it had been for most of the season at times. Um, and that's something, as I said, if he can get some support, he can use that footy a bit better if he has a bit more space. Because we do notice with a lot of our players, when they feel that heat, mate, they just jam it on the boot and they don't really, uh, you know, worry about where it's going to. They just want to get rid of it so they don't get caught. Yeah, absolutely, and like it, I suppose it was more worrying for me with with Merritt on the weekend because it wasn't even like sometimes he wasn't even under that much pressure and the the ball was still getting sprayed. But you know, he's he's a gun. He'll he'll get up again and uh, brush himself off. And uh, you know, true champions don't let that um, sort of grit in their way. And he didn't. He he kept you know uh, harassing and going after the footy and and he certainly kept on finding it so um you know at least that part of his game uh, didn't suffer but um yeah certainly hoping he sticks around with the bombers and um yeah can help galvanize the group going forward a player that we've said has struggled this year especially with confidence and you know we we don't know what his intentions are or what the club's intentions are with him is uh Marty Gleason um you know, he he seemed to um, you know just go through the motions, not through lack of effort. I've got to say, because he certainly is trying to will himself into it. But I just think with his size, mate, and you know he's not a huge kick of the footy uh, or that overly that reliable. Um, I just don't see us going forward with him in the side. So um, he's a, I think he's a restricted free agent. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, another club comes calling, but yeah, I'd be surprised if uh, Marty continues with the club uh, based on his form this year and also basically what he adds to the side. Yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. Uh, certainly, I didn't think he was um, all that great on the weekend. Uh, but I guess that leads me to the question, because we've been calling him for him to sort of get dropped over the last few weeks, and he keeps getting games, whereas uh, you know Redman uh, he's, was dropped again, and certainly I, I see more um, more ability in Redman than I do in Gleeson at this stage. But uh, obviously the the club see a lot more than we do, and uh, you know we saw Marty Gleeson get the uh, yeah the the trainers award, so people obviously like him down there, but. Um, you know, as a player, it should be about what you can produce on the football field, and I'm not sure he's uh, producing what we need. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, he's uh, definitely you know, had a good crack at it. Uh, and he, yeah, he's always been you know very slight of stature, and uh, yeah, he's been a really good competitor over the years. But again, it's going to be decisions like this where I'll know if Essendon are looking to go to the next level, because. Um, the nice part of Essendon, we'll stick with Marty and sign him up for another couple of years and we'll see how he goes. But, um, you know, a ruthless club will make hard in those decisions on what players can take them forward. And, um, yeah, so um, it probably feels like we're bashing into Marty a bit, but and I apologise for that, but um, it's just how I feel, what he adds to the side and um, what we currently need. Uh, Dylan Shield bit of a return for form um you know 
hadn't polled that many votes made in that second uh, half of the year. Um, yeah, he started the season so well and then got that suspension and he didn't seem to be settled after that. Um, but again, I just think on the day he, he did work a lot harder. Even defensively, I saw him chasing harder. Um, and, you know, that goal we mentioned, it was a great one. And, you know, I think if he can add that to his game next year, um, that's going to add, you know, a, a much better resident midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I sort of spoke about him during the vote, so I don't have much more to add. Um, but as you say, if he can add that string to his bow, it'll certainly benefit the Essendon Football Club. Uh, Tom Cutler, he got back in the side and, you know, he, like, we've kind of um, been a bit critical of Tom um, in his first year with the Bombers. Uh, more about the way he uh, goes into a contest. I think that's kind of been a the thing that stood out to me, but um, he certainly found a bit more of the footy on the day. I think he had like you know, 20, 20 odd possessions, and um, so he actually found the footy. And uh, one of the things we've said about him was that you know, if he's got such this you know, really nice kick and that's his strengths, um, most of his possessions have been handballs, and obviously that's the game plan. But uh, I was probably more pleased to see him you know, kick the ball a bit more. Um, they weren't always effective, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was probably one of his best games for the club uh, in the last round. Yeah, it was, mate. So he racked up the 23 disposals in the end. Had a shot at goal, but missed, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, had 360 metres gained. And um, yeah, as we said previously, like that's your role as a winger to get the ball up the ground, and he, he actually achieved that. This game, so good on him. Took a few marks as well and uh, had a goal assist. So, <clears throat> yeah, you'd have to say it was one of his better games for the club. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what another pre-season, pre-season brings, rather. Um, but certainly he, he really needs to work on his contested side of his game because uh, that was certainly lacking throughout the season. Yeah, so I, I think um, there's a bit of confusion. Was he contracted? Was he not? I think uh, by all reports, I think, there must have been a two-year agreement, but it might not have been, um, you know, something that was easy to trace. And a lot of these sites had him listed as uh, just a one-year deal. But um, yeah, I think it, the consensus is he has got a two-year deal, and he'll be revested in next year. Uh, the Crichton medalist and Don's Cast medalist, um, Jordan Ridley. Um, yeah, it wasn't his best game, so it, um, yeah, he he had a great year and. I um, you know, as I said, with with that, I, I just think you know the, the stuff will be now is that uh, as clubs always do, they try to find your weaknesses, and um, you know, I think they know that we use Rids so much in terms of um, you know, we like to him to distribute the footy. I think the opposition clubs are going to start saying, right, you work off Ridley and try to become free and you know. You know, we'll have a free, you know, free uh, opportunity to go into goal while you're so open. So there's going to have to be some cohesion there. Um, if if Ridley is going to drop off his opponent, or, or you know, go and attack the ball, but there has to be a supporting player to you know to watch his man because um, yeah, it was pretty damning some of those uh, visions uh, where you know Bailey Fritch got off the leash and there was no support for him. Um, obviously, we want Ridley to get as much of the ball as he can because he uses it so well. But um, 
yeah, I think on that day, it was probably the only day where I've thought, you know, the opposition had really found a weakness. Um, and I'm sure he can correct that. Uh, but he'll need the club support to put the structures in to, um, you know, prevent that from happening on an ongoing basis. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about him before. He's been an absolute jet all year. Um, so this this game, you know, we can let him off for that because, um, yeah, I mean, really, you can't, um, you know, just go finding the footy to the detriment of your defensive game because, yeah, at the end of the day, he is a defender. So, yeah, look, um, you know, probably just like the season, mate. Um, now, that's that's one we'd rather forget. But, um, no, nah, he's an absolute gun and looking forward to uh, watching him in the red and black for many years to come. Uh, Jaden Laverty returned. Um, he started well, but uh, obviously coming back from that syndesmosis injury. And, um, you know, I don't know if he ran out of puff, but, uh, yeah, I think he just had the six possessions, um, kicked the goal. Uh, yeah, I, I think there is a player that that could probably play up the ground a bit more. You know, um, yeah, you know, he's a bigger body. Uh, I don't think he can be, you know, in the guts, but I certainly could pl- see him playing a little bit on the wing at a pinch. Um, but yeah, I thought Jaden uh, it was good to see him back uh, after such a long absence. Uh, but I think you know, and it's been a real battle for him. Unfortunately, um, is you know, just getting his body right from week to week, and yeah, he's been really unlucky with injury. But uh, yeah, it was great to see him back on the weekend, and uh, let's hope he can have a big preseason, um, re-sign with the Bombers because he's out of contract as well. And um, yeah, I'd like to see Lav going forward with the Bombers. Absolutely, yeah, because like in that first half, especially, I thought he had a really positive, um, you know, sort of way he was going about the footy. He's he's such an athlete. Um, that's what we want to see more of him uh, sort of using that big frame of his to, to burst through packs and get the footy and um, yeah, get us going forward and he loves a goal he, he certainly uh, you know, got G'd up when he kicked that first one uh, but as you say he sort of ran out of out of puff so let's hope he can uh, well A get a contract but also have a big pre-season and um, yeah, see what damage he can do next year for the Bombers yeah that's right um, you yeah. know the next player, uh, James Stewart, um, I nearly gave him votes, mate. I know he didn't have a lot of the ball, but um, you know, when you kick three goals and we didn't kick many, uh, he's certainly my considerations. Um, uh, you know, he, he's obviously a player that's going to play well when Joe Danner is up and about. Um, you know, I think he he's not quite a, you know, a player that can play without some support as a key position, but... Um, you know, there's talk that James is about to sign a two or three year deal. So the club believe in James. Um, you know, he, uh, you know, it was good to see him back after that long absence he had. Um, and this year, um, well, this game, you know, he made the most of his opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, he when he came back, he came back slowly. But I mean, that was due to being starved out of the out of opportunity because our uh, our midfield, let alone our forward line, just wasn't functioning. Uh, properly, but as the season wore on, he was able to sort of make a bit more of an impact and use his his run, his his, um, his sort of athleticism. And I I thought he'd uh, he's actually turned it a corner in terms of his uh, contested side of his game because uh, that was one of the criticisms we'd seen previously that he didn't like the hard stuff, even though he is such a big frame player. And 
yeah, I thought, you know, for this game, you know, obviously didn't have a lot of opportunities, but made the most of them when he did. Like, as you say, when you kick three goals, that's a bloody good effort, and you can't ask for much for much more from your forward line. Took five big marks, had uh, uh, three taps when he got chucked in the ruck briefly. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a good game from, from Jimmy Stewart, and, uh, yeah, he seems to be enjoying his, uh, his time back in the uh, 22, and... Yeah, let's hope he can uh, stick around for for a few more years and and see what he can really make of it. Yeah, uh, Michael Hurley, you uh, got for another another game with the Bombers, and let's hope it wasn't his last. Um, I think we both agreed that that shoulder seems to still worry him, so I think a bit of surgery will help him. Um, we we have heard there's a little bit of distress there with um, the incident with uh, Bell Chambers not being offered a farewell game initially. Um, but I would really hope uh, Hurls can put that behind him because, uh, you know, as you heard Jordan Ridley say that, you know, Michael Hurley was a big influence on him um, getting that confidence to play the way he does. So, um, yeah, I thought Hurls, um, you know, he was thrown forward on the on the game on on the, on the Saturday. And, um, yeah, he, it was a bit of a flashback, mate, because I remember him uh, in his early part of his career, he was basically trialled as a forward and... Um, yeah, we've usually gone with Hooker as the one who swings, but um, looks like uh, you know, Rutten wanted to have a look at Hurls down there. Yeah, and you know he's got the tools for it, but um, as we've sort of seen before, he he really uh, prefers being down back. But as you say, that that shoulder is worrying him, and I'm I'm sure that's part of the reason we we played him down forward because he didn't want to test out that shoulder too much as a backman when you're getting crunched into uh, from all angles so um, yeah I mean that game you know not his not his greatest effort not that he was it was it was bad or anything but um, yeah certainly um, you know our forward line didn't get a lot of opportunity and uh, you know he, he did take seven marks so he's uh, still able to find the footy the old bear and um, yeah I guess we'll see what happens over this pre-season as to uh, you know his his future with the club because um, you know he's still got a lot to offer for us in terms of leadership and even as a player he's, he's still a gun but um, you know hopefully gets that shoulder right and he comes back in a better frame of mind to face the 2021 season yeah uh, Jakey Stringer um, you know see him back as uh, he's struggled basically since coming back from that syndesmosis injury um, he seemed to have a bit more run in his legs uh, this week, and um, you know he, he wasn't dominant by any stretch, but he kicked a goal, and um, you know he's a one that just must have a big preseason. Uh, you know we heard the the claims he's practically flying um, <laughs> at the start of the season. Um, you know before you know through the preseason, he really needs a big one, and he needs to maintain that. And with a bit of luck and no injury. Because, mate, I, I strongly believe Jake Stringer is a player that, if he's at his best, we, we'll go very well next season. Um, you know, I think he's a real uh, heartbeat player for the Bombers. He, he inspires others when he's on, and um, let's hope that he can have a big preseason, come back strong. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a believer as well, mate. Um, and we saw that when he played against Fife at that Frio game at the start of the year, like he was doing really well he's he's got that big frame and um he's a bit of a burst player and can do freakish things 
So uh, let's hope he can get fit over the uh, pre-season and, as you say, maintain it because, you know, he's obviously come back not in his best shape um, and certainly uh, wasn't able to put his best out on the park. Um, this game was no exception. He kicked that goal, which was good, but apart from that, he didn't get much involvement in the game. But, um, yeah, let's hope he uh, has a big preseason and comes back fit and firing next year. Yeah, uh, Mason Redman, uh, you know, it's been a tough year for him. He's been in and out. Um, you know, we've noticed that you know, he's dropped off in his contested work. There's uh, been a little bit of talk that he may have an OP issue. Um or the old, um, you know, battle with the groins. But um, something seems off this year because he looked so promising in the years before before this one. So, um, yeah, you know, Mason's a player that I think is very talented. Um, yeah, I think he struggled with his confidence as well this year. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can get that body right um, and that will give him some confidence to have better form line. Because uh, he's a really up-and-coming player, um, even as late as last year. So uh, I think, you know, let's hope he gets his body right. But on the day, um, you know, he battled hard, as he always does, but you know, he wasn't a real standout to me. No, he wasn't, mate. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's hope again he has a big preseason and gets his, his body and his mind right. Um, because if, if reports are true from earlier that uh, he wasn't enjoying his time at the club as much as he had previously. Um, you know, we certainly want to get that right. I think there's a real player in Redmond. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens over the uh, over the course of the next six months or so. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping he, he comes back fit, firing, with a bit of fire in the belly. Yeah, he's one of those players that plays on emotion as well. So um, I think if he's feeling good about, up and about and good about himself... Um, We'll see much stronger, um, you know, performances from him. A player that um, will be very much needed if it's true Hurley and Hooker want out of the club is Brendan Zirk Thatcher, and um, you know I thought he did his role pretty well. Um, yeah, he, he did a good job on um, Sam Wiedemann, and I thought you know Wiedemann, um is a real up and coming prospect, but I thought uh, Brendan Zirk Thatcher did a really good job on him. And, uh, yes, as I said, if it's true that Hurley and Hooker are looking elsewhere, um, you certainly need Brendan Zirk Thatcher to go to the next level. And uh, he's had a lot of opportunity this year to you know, settle in as the preferred fullback. Yeah, and uh, he has played fairly well. He's had a few learning opportunities. He's certainly been monstered by some big forwards. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, and that's sort of one reason I, I do want. Hurley and Hooker to stay because, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's really uh, flourished under their guidance, and uh, you know those guys have got so much more to give in terms of, uh, you know, tell him how to get there, how to make a spoil, how to you know position his body to um, you know give him the best opportunity to win a contest, and um, like I, I think there's a real player in Zerk Thatcher. I think he's looked really solid. He's um, he's not the fastest bloke going around, but um, you know, he can be depended on to uh, stand in a hole if that's what's needed for the club. Um, so, yeah, look, in terms of the game itself, well, he, he did all right. Took a, took five marks, which is good. Had the 14 possessions. Uh, laid a tackle. Um, and, uh, yeah, he even had a shot at goal there. He uh, he missed, but, um, you know, 
we would have loved to have put that through. But um, yeah, let's hope for bigger and better things next year. Yeah, another player needs a big preseason. Um, yeah, you know, he is out of contract, but Braden Ham, um, you know, just the thirteen disposals, uh, ten kicks. So, um, he has got quite a long kick for his body and um, you know, body type, I should say. But uh, yeah, I thought Braden, um, yeah, just needs to keep developing, you know, his his strength, his core strength, um, and he can become a real player for us. Um. Yeah, he's very slight of body, as we keep mentioning. And um, but I think there's a player there, skills, and, and we kind of commented, mate. Uh, I think he'll definitely appreciate the longer quarters. So if we do go back to the twenty-minute quarters, or at least close to that, um, his endurance is really going to be more on show. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's a hard worker, and I think he's going to be a player for us, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree. And like the big thing was that out of those you know, 10 kicks and the 13 possessions as a whole, uh, 409 metres gained, which is just great work, and had six marks. And he's not a, um, you know, a tall player. He's one who just runs and finds space, and he, he did plenty of that on the weekend. So that was really promising. So, look, a, um, a big pre-season in the gym, you know, just lock him up in there and just feed him plenty, and I uh, hope he bulks up a bit over the next pre-season because I definitely agree there's a real player there and yeah you'd love to be a forward leading to someone like Braden Ham. A player that's been mentioned uh, may be requesting a trade which is a bit surprising to me is uh, Matt Guelphy and I, I thought his last few weeks were really good for the Bombers. Um, you know, he's a real you know he's prepared to put his body on the line for the club and you know, I really appreciate that and um, if it's true that he wants to go back home uh, um, you have to respect that but um, yeah, I think he was starting to settle in as a you know, best 22 player. And you know, prior to this season, I probably doubted that. I thought he was more of a fringe type. But I think the way he's uh, committed to you know, putting his body on the line and that is admirable. And maybe we could turn him into a, you know, with a bit of training, a bit of a lockdown player down back. Yeah, I mean, I still see what you're saying. But for mine, he, he's, a, he's a 23rd, 24th man. Um because, you know, he does not lack for courage at all. He will always put himself in the hole and, um, you know, do anything to make a spoil. You know, whatever he needs to do, he'll do it. But, you know, he, he doesn't have that sort of um, natural knack of finding the footy or even the, um, you know, the, the ability to use it well when he does have it. So, um, you know, while I definitely appreciate everything he does for us on the field... I don't see him as best 22 myself. But, um, yeah, look, in, in terms of this game, he was solid again. Actually had six marks. Uh, um, actually, no, three marks, my apologies, with uh, a couple of tackles. And, um, yeah, I thought he, you know, done, done his role, um, done pretty good. But, um, yeah, while it would be sad to, to see him go, um, you, you definitely respect his decision if it was to go home. Uh, Dylan Clark, um, he kind of found some regular, consistent senior footy at the back end of the year. Um, yeah, it wasn't a game where he stood out to me. Um, you know, he, he does lack a little bit of a yard of pace, so he does get consumed pretty well. But, um, as we've seen in the VFL, he certainly knows how to find the footy generally. Um, we've kind of bemoaned that, um, it, for him to do his best work, he kind of needs to have some midfield minutes himself. Um, and 
you know, because of his perceived uh, bad kicking, uh, I don't know if the club instructs him to, but, you know, he had 13 possessions and only three of those were kicks. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's out of design, but, um, you know, and we kind of mentioned earlier about Dylan Shiel and uh, Zach Merritt both having seven kicks and 18 handballs. It, you know, it just looks wrong, you know, to have that kind of disparity where it's three kicks and, um, you know, 10 handballs, whatever it is. So, um, and with him, we know that he can be a bit uh, dodgy with his kicking. So, um, yeah, to me, if you're going to continue with Dylan Clark playing regular senior footy, um, he has to be put in a position where he can use his strengths. And um, I just don't think he's a flanker. I just, that's my strong feelings on it. Yep, I strongly agree with that, mate. I mean, he'd either be playing there or in a flank and he's really not suited for that that kind of role. Um, So, you know, in terms of the game itself, you know, he'd done his role and, um, you know, certainly found enough of the the footy. But, um, you know, that's where I see... You know, if you had to choose between a Matt Guelphy and Dylan Clark, well, I think Matt Guelphy wins out because he can offer more around the ground. Um, so while Dylan Clark was, um, you know, he's all right, he didn't really make an impact on the game for mine. Uh, and even from his 13 disposals, only the 61 metres gained all up. And he only played 71% of game time. So you sort of wonder why, like, I, I get you're giving him games, but... Um, yeah, that's not a role he's he's suited to, let alone something he'd be able to develop into for mine. So, um, yeah, he's done all right, but you couldn't call it anything more than an average game for mine. Sammy Draper had a tough task of uh, going up against Max Gorn, and he, he was certainly beaten in the ruck contest. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Sam Draper will learn a lot from that game. Uh, and, he, you know, he's obviously been anointed the um, number one ruckman for us in the future. So, um yeah, he definitely you know, went up against one of the best Ruckmans in the comp. But, uh, yeah, how did you see his game, eh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you say, he was well beaten. Uh, but, look, what I did like is that he didn't, um, you know, step away from the contest. He kept at it all game. Actually had the 13 hitouts in the end himself. So he's he's got a beautiful leap on him, Sammy Draper. Obviously, Maxi Gorn is, you know, the premier Ruckman of the competition, or for mine. Um, knows how to position himself, has been around the block a few times and um, yeah, knows what he's doing in there. So Draper was always going to be up against it. But this is another game in his development. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to um, him going into the preseason and uh, yeah, sort of continuing to develop his craft and um, yeah, bringing that competitive edge that he's got. That's, that's what I really love about Draper and... Um, yeah, I hope to see more of it in the years ahead. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, Will Snelling, um, you know, we, we didn't find a vote for him all year, mate, and uh, he's certainly a hard worker, but, yeah, I just think, um, again, he does a lot of his work where it's not really seen, if you know what I mean. Um, it doesn't well, it doesn't translate to the TV screens anyway, but I don't get to see that. Um, so how did you find his game on Saturday? Yeah, I mean... It's again like he out of his 15 disposals, like 12 of those are handballs, and you know, even in that, 
like from 15 disposals, 38 meters gained, um, which tells you that it's those little handballs that we've been saying all year. So the club must love him in terms of like, because he's an in under player, he'll throw his body at everything and um, yeah, just try to extract the footy for his teammates. But you know, they're the things that we don't really get to see, you know, from the TV screen or, or that don't make a big impact for us on the screen perhaps there's other work he's doing off the ball we don't know and that's probably why he hasn't really managed to find a vote with us but um you know he uh i guess he'd done his role but um he couldn't say he had a big impact on the game yeah he's like to me like he had 15 disposals but i hardly noticed him to be honest like so that means he's getting the ball and he's just doing small handballs with yeah, you know, it's uh, you know not really translating to a you know helping us get the ball forward, uh, not initially anyway. So, uh, but he's he's obviously loved by the coaches there. Um, they've stuck with him all year, and as you saw, a top ten finish. Um, that's a great effort for a player that you picked up in a mid season draft. So, um, yeah, good stuff to Will Snelling, a uh, player that we're all uh, hoping will stay at the Bombers. Adam Sard, uh, we both gave him best on mate. I, yeah, I really hope that Adam uh, can make a decision to stay with the Bombers. Uh, you know, I think it'll be really shattering to lose both McKenna and Sard in the same year and um, certainly takes away, uh, you know, a lot of our burst of speed. And he's such a great lockdown defender. Um, you know, I'd hate to see him go. And, yeah, I thought he's really good on the day and, you know, used that long kicking and, you know, used a little bit of his speed, like, Probably that's where he's frustrated. He's not getting to showcase it as much. You know, you know, he hardly like. I think last year he bounced the ball, you know, over fifty plus times. This time, this year it's only been like ten or eleven. So uh, he's a player that enjoys running with the ball and having a bounce, and um, yeah, he wants to be freed up a bit. So uh, let's hope Sardi stays with the Bombers. But yeah, I thought he's pretty good on the day. Absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, talked about him in my vote, so I don't have much more to add. Um, just an absolute gun, and hope he stays with the Bombers. Yeah, uh, AMT, uh, our leading goal kicker for the year. Uh, yeah, he, everything he does uh, when he ha- has the footy is class. You know what I mean? So uh, it's just you know he just needs to find it a bit more, and um, you know I just think he'll he'll improve massively um, being back home. Uh, I think he's a player that you know will be even better when he's settled and hopefully he has a, a big key forward in either Joe Danaher or Jeremy Cameron or even Ben Brown or someone who's going to you know demand a contest and bring the ball to the ground and you know, I think AMT could have a massive year next year, uh, especially if Joey recommits. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one thing that sort of springs to my mind is you know if the unfortunate does happen and we lose Saad and McKenna, uh, who's already gone, you know, would Anthony McDonald tip him, would he go back to halfback? Um, because certainly I'd be a lot more confident with McDonald tip him, would he hitting up someone in the forward line um, than, I, than I have a lot of other players. Um, so, you know, would obviously lose his, uh, his kicking power, but I mean, really, you know, he, he won... The, the goal kicking, but a total of 19 goals throughout the season. Um, you know, it's um, 
yeah, you couldn't say that's a dominant year by any standards. Um, and he, he look, he had a, a decent game against Melbourne, and uh, you know, had some beautiful passes. Um, but um, yeah, as you say, we just need to see more from him, and I think he would be one who would really benefit from perhaps a move down half back again to um, use his beautiful ability to uh, to read the play. Uh, and get it going forward for us and have a, have a run through the middle because uh, certainly that's one thing um, I loved seeing when he was down half back there and, um, you yeah, know, love to see it again. But, um, yeah, solid game from Tipper. Yeah, well, I respectfully um, disagree with that one, mate. I, I um, love watching him up forward. I, I understand your rationale, especially if we lost Sardi. Um, you'd want that speed coming off the half back line and, as you say, he's such a great user of the footy. But I just think he's, you know, at his best, he can be just, you know, awesome up in the forward line. And um, as I say, without him up forward, I I don't know he's going to kick our goals because obviously we've still got Fantasia who seems to be toying with the idea of going back to Adelaide again. Um, Tim Watson actually reported today that he'd just bought a um, golf membership up in Adelaide. So um, if that's true, then it probably points to him exiting. Um, Yeah, so... Maybe uh, Ned Carl um, would be our main little forward. I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I loved watching Tipper play. And you know, if if the club did do something like that, um, we'd certainly need to find another forward because um, he certainly lights up the crowd, doesn't he? When um, when uh, we're going well, certainly does, mate. All right, well, um, that's uh, that's about it, mate. I don't think we'll do the next segment because usually we're predicting the side. For the following week, um, it's going to be very hard because we don't even know which players are going to be there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so um, yeah, well, I'd, I'd just like to say yeah, as we finish, thank you again to everyone who listened um, throughout the year. It's yeah, really given us a, a real pep in our step um, to see those. Um, you know, we, we go through a, um, a a portal called uh, Podbean, and um, that kind of tells us how many listeners we have each week and. Um, yeah, it's been really awesome to yeah you know, to log into that, see how many listeners we're getting per episode, and it's definitely built on. Uh, I've also like to say there's a few uh, we had a few uh, really nice people on uh, Blitz who you know made little comments here and there. Uh, Red Sash on Black um, has been one of those. Um, Chef is another one. Um, you know, Don Bomb is another one. You know. We really appreciate your feedback. It's uh, definitely uh, gives us uh, you know a bit of reflection because when you're doing a show like this, we're only talking to one another, and uh, if we didn't get any feedback, we wouldn't know how it's perceived. And um, just listeners doesn't give you any actual feedback. So um, yeah, thank you for those comments that you made throughout the year, uh, and also again, I'd like to thank um, Scott and Grant from the Lunchtime Catch Up that who helped us in our initial days, like having a listen, giving us some feedback and so forth. And, you know, um, you know, we're certainly not polished. Um, you know, it's our first year at this. So we'd hope we'd get better. But it's something we're committed to doing. And, uh, mate, I don't know about you. Are you locked in? Can I uh, lock you away for a contract for next year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a contract of sweet bugger all, mate. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be there and uh, obviously we'll we'll keep doing shows uh, throughout this, this pre-season to uh, 
you know, talk about the Bombers because, um, you know, while we're, you know, none of us are overly happy with how the team have gone, we still love the team, love the club, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to support them until our last. So, um, yeah, sign me up, mate. Beautiful. All right. Well, um, thanks again, everyone, and uh, thanks for listening. And like I said, I think we'll plan next week to do a, a bit of a review show of the current list of, that we know this year. And, um, yeah, hopefully we've got a little bit more information, maybe a couple of signings. That would be great. Um, so, yeah, that's something to look forward to, to next week. But uh, for this season, thank you for listening. Go Bombers. Go Dons.